I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Big Vets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. Good. Oh, they did it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double water. Hit that one from the parking lot. What's up, Degeneration? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the Conference Tournament College Basketball Betting Preview Part 1 of 10. I'm Stucky, and joining me for this episode is the one and only Mr. Mike Randall. No one else I'd rather kick things off with. We are going to cover today the Horizon, the Sun Belt, and the NEC. There'll be an episode that's also out today. They're going to cover three other conference tournaments that get kicked off early this week. And then we will have the other eight episodes throughout, uh, let's say, they'll all be out by next Monday. It's a beautiful time of the year. Wall-to-wall action in college basketball. March is almost officially here. I think it the official start for me is when we have the first daytime conference tournament action. What's going on, Randall? Are you excited? Man, if you know, you know. Listen, March Madness is great, popular. People love the Final Four. But for junkies like us who can't get enough college hoops, it starts with the conference tournaments, goes right into March Madness. That first weekend stuck. There's nothing better. Conference tournament season is so underrated here for sports bettors because there's upsets, there's value, and if you know the teams, you do have a big-time advantage. Yep. A couple – Words of advice, I will say. Um, first, make sure you shop around. We're going to talk about futures. Do not take a worse price if there's a better one out there. It's the easiest thing you could do. You should do that always when it comes to every bet. But especially when you're dealing with the futures market, let's take, uh, what do I have up here? I have big south odds. Let's see. Radford, 50 to 1. Uh, 35 to one. So if you wanted to take Radford, don't, why, why bet 35 to one? There's a 50 to one out there. Shop around, make sure you get the best price. Also, you want to be, oh, and we'll help you with this, be aware of injury situations, the format, do they reseed, right? You might look at a form, you might look at a bracket and project, okay, because matchups are super important this time of the year. Market's really efficient. We kind of know who these teams are from a power rating perspective. Matchups matter. You look at just the bracket and you see, okay, this team's going to play this team in the second round. Might not be the case because they might recede, which the Horizon does. And we will start there, the Horizon League tournament. I love this league because there's so many different contrasting styles. You have some, you know, a lot of zone defenses, you have some presses. So there's different contrasting styles and makes for some fascinating matchups. This is a league where all 11 teams make it. 
which means, yes, Detroit, you did get in. The top five seeds get a bye to the quarterfinals. And the first two rounds will be played on campus sites. Then the semis will be played in Indianapolis. The one thing I don't like about this conference tournament is I love I like conference tournaments that really reward the regular season winners. I mean, it's a whole body of work. Take, I mean, I think the West, the WCC is the most uh, extreme of these where you get like a triple, the top two seeds get a triple buy into the semis. That's not necessarily the case here. And I also like other tournaments, which we'll talk about where you have to win like three games. You have to win like four games in four days if you want to win it as like a 10 seed. That's not the case here. First round games on Tuesday, quarters on Thursday, get a nice break till Monday. And then whoever comes out of Monday has to play back to back on Tuesday. So, you know, bench depth doesn't really matter as much for the horizon. Oakland did get the number one overall seed. They are, what, I think close to two to one to cut down the nets. I actually think that they're pretty vulnerable. They're plus 250, you think you can get out there. Pretty vulnerable top seed. They're a jump shot reliant offense, and they play a zone defense. I think that leaves them a little, little vulnerable. The way that we're going to approach this is we'll talk about who we like to win it, potential sleeper, and then maybe a long shot and then any matchups that you want to mention. So Randall, I'll let you kick things off. What are you seeing in the horizon league? Yeah. First a little history stuck. So you go back to the last five tournaments, did some research here. Only one time did a one seed, not only win, but make the championship game. That was Northern Kentucky back in 2019 when they beat Wright state. We've had a two versus an eight, a one versus a two, a two versus, versus a five, four versus a three and a two versus a three. And you hit all the salient points, which matter. But, but by the way, to take the, take that a step further over the past 10 tournaments, the winner of the four or five game has won this tournament as many times at five. So the winner of the four game, five game has won this tournament five of the past 10 and the top two seeds have won the other five. So winner of four or five has won just as many as the one, two seeds, very chaotic tournament historically, but go ahead. Yeah. Which again, double-edged sword punishes the teams. Like you said, that dominate during the regular season and do the best, but it also makes for a crazy tournament. So a couple things I noticed here, first off, you mentioned it, you have the Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Tuesday. So there's plenty of time here, except for the Monday to Tuesday. And that's at a neutral site. So the first thing that jumped out to me is we're going to talk about Noah Reynolds and whether he is going to be available for Green Bay or not. Stuck odd with Green Bay. First time since 2000, 2001 that they only have one player averaging in double digits and Reynolds is hurt. Of course, his status with the high mid ankle sprain, we're trying to figure out. But to get that double by Wright State, Northern Kentucky at the four or five, get a double by, but they know that they're playing each other. So the other teams, Oakland, Youngstown, Green Bay, I think have a little bit of an advantage here because they're going to be playing an inferior opponent. But I agree with you. I think Oakland is vulnerable. The odds to me, very odd as well. I, I think there's value in different parts of the bracket here. And there's one I like that's going to play on Tuesday. We'll get into that. Yeah, I if you're looking at – I'm out on Green Bay. They stumbled down the stretch. They lost four or five. Heard some bad things about the locker room uh, and some things going on there that I won't get into. But I think that they're extremely vulnerable. And we don't know the status of Reynolds. He's obviously huge. So their losing streak coincided with him being hurt. He averages, I think, what, 20 a game. And so I think they're – they just got crushed. Milwaukee basically has a bye. They played Detroit in the first round. So I think if you're looking for a super long shot, 
maybe Milwaukee because they get to play Green Bay. And then, look, they got swept by the top two seeds, Oakland and Youngstown, but three of the four games went to overtime. So they were right there, and they split with Wright State. So because I think Green Bay is vulnerable, I think Milwaukee is intriguing, like 30 to, you know, 30, 40 to one shot. If you're looking for a lottery ticket, my team, and look, I'm also out on Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky, I don't think, I'm pretty sure, and I don't know this, not positive, but Itahire, the Marquette transfer, he's been out. I don't think he's going to play. They already lost Sam Vincent, mm-hmm. and they play an extended matchup zone. That's the top and the bottom of their zone. And Northern Kentucky is just not the same team. I would be very intrigued by the Norse if they were at full strength. They're not. So I'd like at Wright State to get by that game. Wright State has the best offense in the league, and they look they grade out the lead against zone, man, press. They Their offense can shred. Now, they can't stop a nosebleed. But I think Wright State at plus 320 is the team I'm targeting here. The one thing that gives me pause, very, you know, they can shoot. They do everything well on offense. Very rim-reliant offense, post-heavy. They got swept by Youngstown. And Youngstown has the best rim defense in the league. They could bring in, you know, off the bench, they bring in a pair of seven-footers. They're, I think, 91st percentile defending at the rim. They won both meetings against Wright State by double digits, which scares me a bit. Youngstown's around plus 250. And because of the reseeding, if Wright State wins, and then if what I think happens, if Milwaukee beats Green Bay or there's more chaos, then that lower seed from the bottom would potentially play Oakland, and then Wright State would play Youngstown in the semis, which I don't want. Um, So that gives me a little bit of pause, but – my pick is the right state offense. They could simply outscore everyone in this tournament. They're going to have to. They're de- they don't stop anyone on defense. Uh, but what about you? Who, who do you like as a potential long shot or just to cut down the nets? Yeah, two. First, the Green Bay, I'm out on them as well. No Noah Reynolds. In fact, I think it's a cr- incredible draw for Milwaukee if they get to play Green Bay. Yes, the game would be at Green Bay. Rivalry, not a problem with that. And Green Bay is shorthanded. So to me, Stuck, I'm getting odds here, like you said, for Milwaukee – 30 to one, whatever it is. And I think they're absolutely flying into the semifinals. So that is my value, right? That's my long shot, but it's also a value. I agree. I think Wright State greater than Northern Kentucky as well. So looking at it, I love Wright State with their odds. I love Milwaukee as a long shot as well. I like Oakland a little better than Youngstown. I get it. I just believe in Campy. And I I think Oakland can mess things up a little bit with the way they play defense and their matchups and their experience. Youngstown, I'm not sure about them. A little bit up and down. They push the pace of the best defensive team in the horizon, like you said, at the rim. Uh, They've been fortunate with teams of poor free throw shooting against them as well. They did have a lot of experience, but it took a while to gel because they're only 309th in minutes continuity. So it took, took a while for them to get going. They are hot with three straight wins, four of the last five. But I lean Wright State, and I really love Milwaukee. B.J. Freeman is playing at a different level right now. They cr- they would crush Detroit, and then they get the Green Bay game. They B.J. Freeman is taking over, and they've won without him stuck. They won at Cleveland State without B.J. Freeman, and he is simply playing at another level. Really struggled to start the year. I think he was suspended for something, or he couldn't play for a game. Something happened early on, but focusing on Wright State, focusing on Milwaukee. If I had to choose between Oakland and Youngstown, I'll take Oakland here because I like their odds a little bit better. Oakland, you can get better than Youngstown. Youngstown is the favorite, and I don't like taking the favorite in the horizon. Call me crazy. 
yeah, I don't see any value in Oakland. I think they're a pretty vulnerable one as far as mid-majors go. And then because of, you know, Green Bay, Northern Kentucky, the two and five seed being, you know, shorthanded, I think that opens up some opportunities for these other seeds, Milwaukee, Wright State's my pick to cut down the nets. Milwaukee, if you're looking for a longer shot, just throw some couch change uh, for, you know, a week on a 30 to one shot. So we're hey, on the Stuck, same what, page here. Stuck, let me ask you, what do you think about Purdue Fort Wayne? Because they're the team more than likely that would face Oakland. What do you think about them in a matchup with Oakland? Yeah, I I don't really trust them, but um, let me see. What are their odds? I don't even have their odds up here. I got uh, Purdue Fort Wayne. I got plus 1300, somewhere around there. Yeah, for, uh, Fort Wayne, I would need like 20 to one, I think. Okay. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that they could beat Oakland. Looking at their results this year, they did. They beat Oakland by 21 on the road. I remember that game in early December. They lost at home by eight. I don't trust their, I mean, they, they can't rebound. And I don't trust their interior defense if they have to face right state, which I think they would in the semis. So I think I would need like 20 to one to play them. Um, and yeah, uh, but I don't think that they don't have a shot against Oakland, but price is a little too short for me. So who's your pick? I'm, I'm picking right state to cut down on that. So you got, I'm taking Milwaukee. I'm taking okay. Milwaukee. I think they get a pass. I think they're hot, and I think they can get the right matchup here in the semis. Okay. I'm going with the winner of the 4-5 game, cutting down the nets for the sixth time in 11 years. And I think Wright State will probably be like against Northern Kentucky, six-ish point favorite at home. Um, if you're – and they just they actually just played which is interesting. So Wright State gets to see that Northern Kentucky zone for a second straight game. And Wright State, in true Wright State fashion, I mean, Warwick went off for Northern Kentucky. He scored 39. Uh, but Wright State beat them 94 to 88. You want a summary of Wright State, number two in the country in effective field goal percentage, including top 10 in two-point and three-point percentage. Number 349 in effective field goal percentage defense. 341, 342 against threes and twos. Elite offense, horrendous defense. It's finally March, so you know what that means. It's time to say top of the morning to the most famous St. Patrick's Day Shamrock Shavers, our new sponsor, Manscaped. Don't just chase rainbows this March. Make your own pot of gold and groom your little leprechaun with the leaders in below-the-kilt care. Clear your clover forest with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Head over to manscaped.com and use code BBOC for 20% off plus free shipping. The Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is your new lucky charm and it's fully waterproof. So go ahead, shave by the Misty Moors, shave under a waterfall, shave while betting a second half total. The world is yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with code BBOC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code BBOC at manscaped.com. This St. Patrick's Day, make sure your hairy little leprechaun is luckier than ever with Manscaped. This podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $158 in bonus bets when you bet $5. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, 
Terms conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Uh, good stuff on the horizon. Expect chaos, as always. But let's move on. Do you want to hit the NEC or the Fun Belt first? Oh, to my heart, stuck. Sun Belt, Fun Belt. Come on. All right. Let's go to the Fun Belt, where this is a, a format where they do reward the top four seeds, which are App State, Arkansas State, James Madison, and Troy. All 14 teams make it. The top 10 get a bye. The top four get a double bye. All of these games are played in Pensacola, Florida, so it's all on a neutral court. Kicks off Tuesday, March 5th. Championship Monday, March 11th. So if you're not one of those top four seeds, and we could throw out Texas State, ODU, Coastal Carolina, and Louisiana Monroe, unless you object. None of those teams are. No, right? fine. Yeah. yeah, we could throw out the 11 through 14 seeds. But if you're an 11 through 14 seed, you got to win on Tuesday, and then you got to win on Thursday just to get to the weekend where you then have to win three games in three days. And all those two teams are just way behind the top of a league, especially the class of the conference, which is App State and JMU. And if you're looking, the I, I think the favorite is James Madison with App State just behind them. If the chalk holds, App State would play Arkansas State in the semis. James Madison would play Troy in the semis. Interesting enough, James Madison didn't play Troy during the regular season, were swept by App State and they beat Arkansas State in their only meeting. So they had a pretty, I think they had the easiest uh, strength of schedule in the entire league. Let me start first with any potential long shot. So let's first remove the four top seeds. Is there anyone, and we already removed the bottom four. So is there anyone six through 10, Southern Miss, Georgia State? I think if Southern Miss was healthy, they'd be much more intriguing, but they're not. Georgia State, Marshall, Louisiana, South Alabama, and Georgia Southern. Anyone there tickle your fancy? Well, here's my question on Southern Miss. Are we sure that they're not healthy? Because I think they held out players in the last game to get healthy. They did get Curbelo back. Fully loaded, they are dangerous. They beat James Madison at home. Curbelo came back, played well. They beat Troy at home by one want without Curbelo. This is sort of my favorite long shot. I get it stuck to play Troy and JMU consecutive days would be doable. But my theme here in the Sun Belt is to fade James Madison. I don't trust James Madison. They're only nine and 10 against the spread in conference. They can get very sloppy. They tend to play up to the competition and play down. Now you're going to look at their record. It's not going to matter. But I do think that Southern Miss can cause problems here. They're going to dismiss Texas State or Old Dominion. And then they are playing a Troy team, which you talked about. I like them and I like Scott Cross, but there's a lot of variance there. Beating Troy and James Madison back-to-back is rough, but I do think the long shot here is Southern Miss because they could have Crowley back. Crowley may have been held out as precaution. If he's back and Corbello's on the floor, they're a tough matchup. Yeah, uh, yeah, Corbello did come back. Um but I believe Crowley was dressed. He didn't play in the finale, right. but he was dressed. But they they still missed. Their, they're gonna. I think Don. I think it's hard to get concrete information on these teams. But I think Donovan Ivory is out for the season. Um, he was important 
And I mean, he was shooting 43% from three and per Evan Mia, he was their second best player overall behind Corbello in BPR. Yeah. Southern Miss would have been an intriguing team this year if they were fully healthy, but yeah, if they get Crowley back Corbello, they could be feisty. I'll throw out, this will be the longest shot I'll give. And I know this has almost no chance to win, but it's a, I think you can get like 250 to one on this team. Georgia State. Um, Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern. They suck, okay. but this is an absolute lottery ticket. They're playing their best basketball of the season. They have they have a bunch of freshmen who are playing better. They rank 14th in Haslametrics momentum, which kind of speaks to that, how the team's playing. And they have a deep bench, really deep bench. So that matter. If you look at our long shot, you need a deep bench because any of these long shots are going to have to win a game just to get to an opportunity where you have to win three in three days. And this all comes down to could they beat App State? So high variance team, which is what you want for these longer shots. They shoot a ton of threes, top 25 nationally in three point attempt rate, and they make them at a respectable rate. So, yeah, I mean, look, they, they don't play any defense. They're not going to get any stops. So they'd have to beat App State, who they lost to, they lost to 84 74, and then they lost 85 84 in overtime. So can they, could they beat App State? And if they beat App State, so they well, just have to hit a ton of threes. I mean, well, it's a 250 to one shot to win four games and if look they play south alabama they're going to be a dog in that game but i think they have a shot tyron moore is the type of player who can just go nuclear for a week um this is a guy who's you know he scored 32 in the finale he scored 27 28 34 30 30 throughout this season so if they were to this is basically a ticket on ken you know if they win their first matchup which is no gimme could they beat app state hit a ton of threes you have a deep bench and then you get a team in Arkansas State, presumably, who I actually think is intriguing as I think you could find them out there 10 to 1. It would not go below 10 to 1. But why do I like Ark State? High variance team. They are, you can consider them, you know, they have a double buy, and they're not as good as James Madison or App State. They swept Troy for what it's worth. So if they do get to the championship and get to Troy, I think it's a good matchup. But they are a high-variance team because they shoot a ton of threes. 32nd nationally, you can, and they shoot at a respectable clip. You can think of them under uh, Brian Hodgkins. You can think of them as a mini Alabama. Hodgkins, first year, Nate Oates, disciple. Want to get to the rim, want to shoot threes. That's all they do. If they're making their threes, they can beat anyone in the league. And you'll need to against App State. App State gives up nothing and that State's wonderfully coached under Dustin Kearns. I, he, what job? He's got to get a high-profile job soon. They don't allow anything at the rim. 99th percentile nationally per synergy, depending at the rim. So what do you have to do against them? you got to make threes. So, you know, and they, they lost by 21 in Boone in their only meeting, but their high-variance style gives them a chance. On the same – on the flip side of that coin, if Georgia Southern were to somehow get to the semis and play Arkansas State, Again, high variance team could work against you if you're the heavy favorite. And that game would just have a ton of threes. And then you have to hope that, you know, Georgia Southern's making them an Arkansas isn't. Again, this is like complete couch change on Georgia Southern if you even want to venture there. I, I don't even know if I'll, I, I'll, I'll throw, I'll throw 10 bucks on it at least, um, just to, because I'm touting this out now. Um, but Arkansas State, I will have a real position on. I think just given their high variance style makes them intriguing as one of the four teams that does have a double buy. Uh, what are your thoughts on anything else in the fun belt? 
Yeah, if I hear that Ivory is playing, then I'm going to have a good position on Southern Miss. But I also wrote down the other one is Arc State, so I agree with you. Only losses since late January. Home to JMU by four and at App State last game, no shame in that. They have won away in home games. They were swept by Louisiana. That's the only concern, but that you mentioned it. Brian Hodgson comes from Nate Oates. They like to spread the floor, shoot threes. 44% of the shots in the Sun Belt come from deep. That's first. But in short, folks, Arkansas State shoots the three well, doesn't turn it over, solid inside the arc defense, solid on the offensive boards. That is your profile there of a dangerous team. If they beat App State, they can absolutely win the whole thing. In fact, I'll go so far as to say, Stuck, since I don't like James Madison, if it's Arc State and App State, the winner of that game is going to win this whole thing. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, uh, the thing with Louisiana, it is a good point that Louisiana, who's the likely opponent for Arkansas State, did sweep them during the regular season. And in those two games, Arkansas State, four of 22 from three, and... Six of 26. So, what we're talking 10 of like 20, 10 of what 10 of 50, 20% from three. But under Bob Marlin, if the Raging Cajuns are going to take away the three, and this year, team shot 27.8% from three, number one in the country. So, maybe that is a problematic matchup. Now, their two point defense isn't any good. Uh, and I mean, this is a team last year that, you know, won this tournament, but they really missed Jordan Brown. But yeah, maybe that's a problematic matchup for Arkansas State. But I just think given their high variance style, I like them at 10 to 1, which you could find out there. Wouldn't go anywhere below that. And then Georgia Southern, I think, is a team trending up. I'll look potentially bet them uh, catching some points against South Alabama in the first round. Yes, uh, initial instinct would be the winner of Louisiana, Arc State. I'll be all over with the points against App State in Pensacola Bay, the neutral site. And you mentioned it. Bob Marlin, Louisiana, beat South Alabama last year, 3-7 matchup, uh, and then made the finals as an eight seed in 2022. So he knows how to do well in this tournament. Yeah, that's true. Definitely scary to go up against. And yeah, you would think that, I mean, the, the, the saving grace for – Louise for Arkansas State in that matchup, they should dominate the offensive glass and they don't really turn it over much. And Louisiana can root their top 30 in the country and turnover rate forced, and they're outside the top 300 in offensive rebounding rate allowed. But yeah, I mean, if Arkansas State's going to go four of 28 from three, tough to win. And Louisiana has been defending the perimeter well all year. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey guys, Stucky here. You ever wanted to try the best version of the Action Network app? Well, now is the perfect opportunity to do so because we have a special offer to celebrate the month of March and the NCAA tournament. You can get pro access for just $9.99 for the first month. We'll give you access to things like Sean Kerner's player prop projections, which are invaluable, real-time money percentages, and our model's biggest edges. 
and much more. All you have to do is head over to actionnetwork.com slash madness. That's actionnetwork.com slash madness. Make sure you get there before the deal expires. Cheers. All right. Uh, good stuff on the fun belt. We have one final conference to get to in today's preview, and that is the NEC. I want to talk about a format that does not reward the top seed, which is Central Connecticut. I mean, Central Connecticut, they were, I mean, this, let's look back at some of their teams on Central Connecticut, which is the one overall seed because Merrimack lost at Sacred Heart in the finale. Horrific this is Central loss, Con- Horrific yeah. loss for Merrimack. Yeah, could have had the outright regular season title. But they lose, they end up tying, they lose the tiebreaker because of their respective records against Sacred Heart. And as a result, they get the two seed. What does that mean? Not only do you not get the outright regular season title, but if you both get to Central Connecticut and Merrimack, get to the championship, the game will be played on Central Connecticut's home court. And I mean, this Central Connecticut team, just looking at Ken Palm ratings over, let's start in, two, let's go to the past 10 years, 305, 344, 351, 341, 310, 321, 347 in 2020, 345 in 2021, 346 in 2022, 339 in 2023 and all the way up to 253. So Patrick Sellers has done a great job with this team this season to get them the number one overall seed. Their only losses this season in league play twice to Lemoyne. And it's worth noting that Lemoyne is not eligible for the NCAA tournament. So if they end up winning this, then the runner up, would get the bid, which is just so stupid. But Lemoyne did sweep Central Connecticut. If Lemoyne beats Fairleigh Dickinson, then they would face, presumably Central Connecticut, assuming they could buy St. Francis, in the semis, which is interesting. And Central Connecticut's other loss came against Merrimack, who they split with. Looking at the odds to win this tournament, Central Connecticut and Merrimack clear favorites as the one and two seed. They're both sitting at around plus 120. Eight teams made this bracket. There are no buys. So everyone starts out on Wednesday. You play the semis on Saturday, and then you play the championship on Tuesday. You do, I should say, I did say Lemoyne would play Central Connecticut. That's, I don't know that for sure. They do reseed. So that's if the chalk holds. They reseed after every round. And all these games are played on campus sites. So reseed, higher seed then hosts each respective round. Merrimack will start with Long Island and then play the winner of Sacred Heart Wagner. I think what's worth noting here is I think the best unit, so the best single unit offense or defense is the Merrimack extended 2-3 matchup zone. Their defense, I mean, they super aggressive they force turnovers at a top five rate nationally uh it's just a stifling defense that's so well schooled now 
as the two seed with a very a pretty flawed offense. I mean, their offense is ugly. There's no two ways about it. I'm not in a rush to bet them plus 120. And I'm also not in a rush to bet Central Connecticut at plus 120. I do have a long shot I'm targeting. i curious to get your thoughts on the NEC. Yeah, a couple things. First, Merrimack, and correct me if I'm wrong, Stuck, they had to sit out four years So from the tournament. So last year, they actually beat Fairleigh Dickinson, but they couldn't get in the tournament. That's how Fairleigh Dickinson got on and, of course, made their incredible run. So you would think that Merrimack at home against Sacred Heart – who was the preseason favorite and has been really disappointing under Anthony Latina. I mean, everything pointed to this being their year early in the year stuck. I saw them play. They did this five in five out stuff that sacred heart likes to do. It just wasn't working. Nice win at the end, but don't trust them whatsoever. Central Connecticut. I actually have been impressed with. I saw them against Fordham. I saw them play Fordham there with their guards. Uh, Gene Ross Jones, Amos, those guys can attack the basket. They're athletic. They're relentless. I agree the numbers aren't high. It, it, it's a little odd there. Uh, LeMoyne has me certainly interested in the NEC, given it the way they played. I'm curious for your long shot here, but Merrimack seems so good. They are great with the turnovers. They're terrible on the boards because they play zone, of course, but just a real disappointing loss to Sacred Heart, which makes me think, given the way things happened last year, we're going to get a refocused Merrimack in this tournament. I just don't know about the odds there right now. So if I had, I'm definitely not betting Sacred Heart. I'm off of Sacred Heart. I'm not getting thrown off by that win. Don't trust them. Too inconsistent. Turn the ball over. And Stuck, look at Sacred Heart. I think they gave up like 88 points to Fairleigh Dickinson this year. I mean, they are not good at all. So while I think Merriman and uh, Merrimack and, and Central Connecticut are the class here of the NEC, I'm curious for your long shot because I think they're vulnerable. Yeah, Sacred Heart can hit threes. I mean, they shot 39% in league play. But their zone offense, I mean, they did carve up Merrimack. They scored 89 in the finale. Their zone offense hasn't graded out well um, this season. But, you know, they can hit threes. They arguably have the best offense, but they're de- I just I don't trust their their defense, and they can't rebound. And LeMoyne, yeah, I mean, I guess LeMoyne, you're playing with, a, like, nothing to lose attitude here. Right. Can't go to the tournament. And they are a high-variance team, and they swept Central Connecticut. LeMoyne, what are they going to do? Shoot a ton of threes. And they give up a ton of threes. Top 20 in the nation in three-point attempt rate. Bottom 20 in three-point attempt rate allowed. So there's going to be a lot of three-pointers in their games. Um, So just shooting variance alone makes them intriguing in a a format where you just got to win three games in three days. I'll throw out an this is ugly, but you could find 30 to one out there. Um, I haven't checked everywhere, so I got to shop around. A Wagner. I thought it had to be Wagner. I'm like, who, where is he going? It has to be Wagner. That's the only other option. Go ahead. So, yeah, it's definitely not St. Francis. It's definitely not <laughs> Long Island. Right. So the, here's my case for Wagner. Now, there's a couple things. You know, they for what it's worth, they they split. They, first of all, they have a horrendous home court advantage so they're, they're going to win three road games but they don't have a bench but that doesn't matter you got to win wednesday saturday and tuesday and they have one of the worst home court advantages in the country so like i don't care that the play on the road um and they're in staten island it's not like they're getting raucous crowds at their games so whatever <laughs> and they, they don't have a bench they got to go on the road it doesn't hurt them in this format but my case for wagner 
is, first of all, they split with Merrimack. They each won on each other's home court. They lost to Central Connecticut twice, the top seed, by a combined two points. Uh, and their loss on the road came in overtime. So they were right there in, you know, they, they could have easily won three or four against the top two seeds. And that loss in overtime came without their starting shooting guard, Jordan Brown. is the only game he missed this year. Julian Brown. It's the only game he missed this year. But if they can upset Sacred Heart, it plays no defense, then they'd almost certainly face Merrimack. And it's not the worst matchup since what do you need to do against Merrimack? You have to take care of the ball. Wagner does do that. And you have to dominate on the glass. And that's Wagner's strength on both ends of the floor. That's where Merrimack's extremely vulnerable. They could force you into a turnover. That's their best offense, and they do it at a top five rate nationally. But Wagner doesn't turn the ball over. Second in league play in turnover rate. Second in league play in offensive rebound rate. Second in league play in defensive rebound rate. And they, you know, they they're gonna they're gonna press. They extend their pressure. They so a lot of teams are in transition, but they're elite in transition defense. 98th percentile for synergy. That's important because look at the top three seats, Sacred Heart, Central Connecticut, Merrimack, 96th, 91st, 97th percentile in transition frequency with poor half-court offenses. So, and the other thing that I'll add in here, Wagner, absolute snail. They want to grind the game down to a halt. They're 360th in adjusted tempo. Only North Texas and Virginia are slower. What does that mean? Increased variance, lower possessions, increased variance for an underdog. So yeah, in a league where like all of these teams are pretty bad, Wagner can do some things that can give the top seeds trouble as they showed during the regular season, split with Merrimack, almost beat Central Connecticut twice, but they can rebound the ball. They don't turn it over. Um, now their offense stinks, but um, yeah, I think Wagner at 30 to one, is at least worth a peak. I will tell you, I'll back you up on this. Wagner's beaten Sacred Heart. I truly believe that. So then with the reseeding, they would probably play Central Connecticut. I will disagree with you. I don't think they're going to beat Sacred Heart and then Central Connecticut and then potentially Merrimack. That I think is too much. But at the value you have them at, they make the championship. You're finding a way to make some money. So I love it. I think they're beating Sacred Heart. The matchup with Central Connecticut is perfect. Like you said, make some shots, slow the game down, variance, and certainly the top two teams are weak. So I'm with you on that. I tend to lean that it's either going to be Central Connecticut or Merrimack winning this one, and I hate Sacred Heart. Those are my thoughts. Yeah, I. Yeah, you are right that if Wagner won, they would face Central Connecticut, unless either St. Francis or Long Island. Well, you. Right. I, yeah. yeah, which I can't see happening. Um, but yeah, like I said, they took Central Connecticut two overtime at Central Connecticut, lost by one, and then lost by one in their other meeting. And they're just going to grind the game down to a halt, ugly it up. So I think they'll at least have a chance. I will say, if I had to choose between Merrimack and Central Connecticut, you mentioned Central Connecticut, like with their guards, rim attacking offense one of the i mean they just want to get to the rim with reckless abandon but that's really tough against the merrimack zone which is kind of an antidote to that 
So if I had to choose, like if you're in a pool or something, who would win? Who's going to win this tournament? I know they'd have to play at Central Connecticut State, but Mary Mack, who won it last year, couldn't get to the yes. big dance. I think Mary Mack and that zone, uh, I think they're winning it under Joe Gallo. Um, so that's my pick to win it. How about you? Who are you picking to, to win? I think it's Merrimack Wagner, and I think Merrimack wins. I, I think they were playing so well, Stuck, and I think the Sacred Heart was a bad loss. They did close it late. They were down big, closed it to three. I think Merrimack gets in. They should have been in last year. They weren't eligible. They're eligible this year. I think they get it done, but I like them playing Wagner in the finals. It's a great call. Yeah. Um, the Warriors. It'll be nice to see the Warriors in the dance. And I believe, I think in like 2022, yeah, Merrimack wasn't even allowed to play in they didn't play in the tournament, conference tournament. Yep. In the conference tournament in 2022 or 2021. And in 2020. There was no tournament because of COVID, right? No, I think they actually played theirs. Yeah, Robert Morris won. They played it early. They got done. Okay. Robert Morris won it, but in that um in 2020. Merrimack won the regular season championship. They went 14 and four and they weren't allowed to compete in the cop. This is a long time coming for the Warriors. I think they're going to get it done, but if I had to pick a long shot, it's Wagner just because of their style and some of the things that they can do and uglying up the game. All right. Oh, we didn't say who you think is going to cut down. You got to pick a pick who's cutting down the nets in the Sun Belt. I'm going to say App State. Who's cutting down the nets in the Actually, Sun Belt? Actually, no. I, I'm going to, I'll go with my, I'll go with my Arc State pick. Get hot from three Red Wolves. Oh, that's a tough, you know, I wish Arc State and App State were on different sides. Same. Oh, man. I'll go with App State, Stuck. Uh, it's a shame because I, I think I would love to see the winner. The winner of that game, I think, is going to win it. I like Scott Cross. Scott Cross covers, but I just think they're limited, and I'm not back in JMU. So I'll go with App State. After an overtime win over Arc State, they win in the championship. All right. Good stuff covering the NEC, the Fun Belt. And the horizon cannot wait for these to tip. This is part one of 10, as I mentioned earlier. Part two should already be out. So make sure you check that out for three more conference tournament previews. But thanks to Mike Randall for joining me. Thanks to our producer, David Payne, on the back end. Most importantly, thanks to all of you for tuning in. Good luck with all of your wagers throughout the month. Any futures you place, remember to shop around. We'll have tons of content on the Action Network app, as always. But subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe to our friend, town enemy. Make sure you leave a review, a five-star review that really helps us out. One of these previews, I'll do a bunch of giveaways. So say whatever, just leave a five-star review. But I uh, hope these helped you prep for betting, just fandom, and no pools. And we will see you for part two. Cheers. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.